Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat Rattler fans, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 30th of August. I am your host, Kobe Jackson, alongside with my wonderful producer, Karis Lay, and my two lovely co-hosts, Taylor Quinn and Presley Davis. We got a good lineup for you guys here today. Texas State soccer is playing a big-time matchup against the Oklahoma State Cowboys tomorrow. Also, Texas State Volleyball starting their Texas State Invitational this weekend. And on the subject of volleyball, we'll be hearing from Texas State Volleyball head coach Sean Hewitt. Also, MLP season is wrapping up with lots of drama going on in the AL West and obviously NFL preseason wrapping up with some interesting trade headlines. But before we get into all of that, let's go and throw it to Presley Davis for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Presley. Let's go and dig right into it. Texas State soccer obviously is starting off really hot, but unfortunately suffered a big loss against the UTSA Roadrunners this past Sunday. But they have the chance to redeem themselves against the Oklahoma State Cowboys tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. So, guys, you know, we've been talking about this soccer team really all sem- so far, all semester and so far. I mean, and it's honestly repeating what they did last year. Obviously, you know, we've been having Grace Reddick here on our show in the past couple days. But, I mean, there's been other players like Zoe Jr., and Lucy Hart and uh, Lily Erb, who's been really stepping up for this Bobcat team. So well, I'm going to kind of throw it to you guys. What are y'all seeing from this Bobcat soccer team so far? You know, you look at the roster and you have some solid girls on that team. And I mean, the loss was hard, but it was just um, they only scored U- UTSA. We only scored that one goal. So it's not like it was a game like blowout or anything, True. you know, and it's just it happens. That just kind of is what is ha- part of your season. And I think the core of this soccer team is really going to just take that and move forward with it and use that for the rest of the season to use that as their motivation, you know, and just keep going. And I mean, you have to learn from your mistakes. And obviously, I'm sure in practice that that's what they're going to nail is what mistakes did we make on Sunday so we don't make those for the rest of the season. So, you know, it's a tough loss, but at the end of the day, it's still very early on in the season. They still have a lot of room to grow. And... I mean, they're just, I think that core of the soccer team is just too good that they're going to move past that. Yeah, there's no denying the talent on this soccer team. Obviously, tough loss to UTSA, but it was a close game. Even they played each other a couple times preseason, and it was always close. Just really capitalizing on their opportunities. They did get more shots on goal than UTSA, but still, they weren't able to put the ball in the back of the net. And OSU is coming off an 8-0 win, so I hope Texas State is ready to come out and play. They're very talented, so... Yeah, I would just say, um, like Presley said, it wasn't a blowout game. Um, Like, obviously, they defended their goal and uh, they were able to um, keep up with UTSA. Um, But I think that this next upcoming game will definitely be a battle between the two teams. 
Yeah, you guys were talking about uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is currently three and one in their season right now with big wins against Missouri, Missouri, uh, excuse me, F Florida Atlantic and Little Rock. So obviously, but you know, I know Presley uh, and Taylor, you guys just talked about that ain't no win against Little Rock. I mean, ain't no for that's first of all that's rare in soccer. Most goals you can score in soccer, to me at least, my naked eye that I've seen is mostly around three or four for the most part. But I mean, to score eight goals in one game, I mean, that really just it's kind of open up uh, open up a lot of eyes for for this bobcat team so but i mean just i guess we're now on the topic of improvements you know utsa we've always talked about them in their i-35 the i-35 rivalry between texas state and utsa you know not scoring a goal obviously that can kind of defeat it but they only held them to one goal and honestly if you're you know steve holman i think that's improvement in itself but obviously i think steve holman wants to really focus on the fundamental aspects of this soccer team and uh you know I want to kind of ask you guys, what improvement do you think this soccer team needs to do in order for them to possibly get a big time win against Oklahoma State? I think the biggest thing is putting the ball in the back of the net. They're getting lots of opportunities. All of the players are so talented and they can do it. They just have to capitalize on it when they get the opportunity. Yeah, like she said, just finding your way to the net. And it's just at the end of the day, you have that one goal of Mm -hmm. you want to get the ball in the net. And so just kind of figuring out how to work together and just get like get that goal done and so just kind of like just looking back and seeing okay what did we do here and just go from there (laughs) absolutely so texas state soccer will be taking on oklahoma state oklahoma state cowboys here in san marcus at bobcat soccer complex tomorrow at at 7 30 p.m you can catch that anywhere it will be on espn plus and it's also youth day so obviously a lot of young young kids are going to be showing out for that game as well but now we're going to take a transition into the texas state volleyball team as they also are coming off a big tournament in knoxville tennessee as they took a clash on into the tennessee classic with a victory against Marist College and UT Martin, unfortunately suffered a 3-0 loss to University of Tennessee Volunteers. So, I mean, if you're the Bobcat, I mean, very great tournament for the Bobcats. I know a sweep was ideal, but you know the fact that they got two out of the three of the of the cla- uh, of the tournament is really good for you know Sean Hugh and this volleyball team. And we've been talking about you know all the great players that they have, like KJ Johnson, like Sophie Childs, uh, Bailey Hanner has been one of those te- one of those. Uh, girls on that team as well so i mean i'm gonna throw it to you guys i mean they're improving their game obviously you know coming into tennessee had a lot of high hopes and they exceeded you know their expectations yeah starting off the season two and one and you know we talked last week what is this volleyball team going to look like without janelle fitzgerald and emily DeWalt? and i mean they looked amazing they looked, you know you can kind of see those spots where you're kind of missing them but I think these girls stepped up and really were just filling in these shoes and those are big shoes to fill and you know you mentioned KJ Johnson she was named Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week so it's like people are seeing this team and seeing what they're doing and they're getting that recognition so just amazing for KJ Johnson and the whole volleyball team just to be able to go out there and leave it all out there and I mean coming out with a two and one I mean it's a good start to your season. Yeah, I think this is great momentum going into the Texas State Invitational, especially in their game against UT Martin, the third set. They went on a 13-3 to run, I think, which was awesome. And then Johnson had eight kills in that set alone, and she's just been so dominant for the Bobcats. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to their tournament that starts tomorrow. Yeah, I am really excited to see the North Texas uh, game. I think that 
their strategy right now is really good. Um, they have been killing it so far. And like I said last time, they have a very hopeful season. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about, you know, this turn you know just going back to this tournament alone you know obviously three not three to nothing victory i mean that speaks a lot of volume because i know we were talking about you know the exhibition game against utsa earlier on in the season of of basically that was basically a fundamental game for them and trying to you know kind of fit the pieces where it's where it's needed and where you know everybody can be placed and where everybody could fit on this bobcat volleyball team and honestly this tennessee class really kind of just proved it i mean you know three and oh against marist college and then three and oh against ut martin you know unfortunately tennessee honestly was you know just that the stronger team in that in that uh in that matchup i personally watched that game uh by uh myself and you know Tennessee, I mean, Texas State had no match for, te- you know, for Tennessee, but, you know, coming away with a three, coming away with a two out of the three uh, victory in that classic is on, honestly where it needs to be at. But now in the you know transition stage here, Texas State is hosting their own tournament in the Texas State Invitational. Their first game will be tomorrow against North Texas in Strahan Area. And I'm not going to lie, this is their first home game in the regular season. So obviously, you know, there's going to be a really, you know, fun-filled atmosphere for you know bobcat fans and for the tech state volleyball team you know hosting their first game at home uh, of the season so i mean you know being in straight hand arena if you guys don't know it's one of the one of the louder venues in in college sports and obviously people do show up for you know for volleyball games basketball games so i mean and it's it's crazy because it says show them state day so obviously you know everybody's gonna be coming out coming out and trying to support this bobcat team but you know, the tournament is going to be here and hopefully they can get some wins. Yeah, that tournament's going to be really competitive. You know, you have North Texas coming in and the last time North Texas and the Bobcats met up, the Bobcats did fall to them. But then you also have number 13 Houston coming in. And I mean, that game is just going to be you're going against a ranked team like it's just going to be a super competitive weekend. And like you said, Strahan is an amazing place to play and it's just going to be so much fun. And you know, any athlete feeds off of that, feeds off of that fan base and just the ad environment. So be sure to come out and support those girls because, you know, they'll feed off of it. What you give to them, they'll give back to you. Yeah, I'm hoping the people show out at Strayhand tomorrow. It's going to be it's going to be really exciting going back to them playing Houston. They're actually on a four game winning streak against Houston. But, you know, Houston's really talented this season. So I'm excited for that matchup. Yeah, absolutely. You heard it here. So the Texas State Invitational Tournament will be beginning tomorrow on August 31st. And we will have that game on air as our very own Joey Joey Gonzalez and our very own Karis Lay will be on the call for that one. So be sure to tune in to KTSW 89.9 to hear the call of the action for Texas State versus North Texas. But we're going to take a quick break. We're on the other side of it. We're going to be hearing from Texas State head coach for volleyball, Sean Hewitt, as he prepares for this Texas State Invitational. Do not go anywhere, folks. You are listening to Bobcat Radio here on KTSW 89.9. And we welcome you back to Bobcat Radio on this marvelous Wednesday morning. I'm your host, Kobe Jackson, once again, joined by my producer, Karis Lay, and my lovely co-host, Taylor Quint and Presley Davis. Now we are going to be digging into some interviews as we have... Texas State Volleyball Head Coach Sean Hewitt on the line on the line for us here this morning. Coach Hewitt, can you hear us? 
Yes, I can. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. First off, man, I mean, good. first of all, great to have you here on the show. But, I mean, what a season you guys are having so far to start off. But I kind of want to just talk about you, you know, per, uh, just personally, because obviously last season it was your first year as a head coach. You guys had an unbelievable run, took it all the way to the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. So just talk to me about your first season experience as Texas State's volleyball coach. Yeah, you know, the last couple of years have been have been awesome. Um, and for me, it's been kind of the transition of keeping everything because, you know, I was the assistant for so long um, with Coach Chisholm and Coach Tracy and kind of the foundation that we started and, and kind of keeping Bobcat traditions um, that we've done for so long the same, but also adding a little bit of my own flavor to it and kind of, you know, one of the things I talked a lot about um, – during the recruit, uh, hiring process was, you know, we, we've been really good at volleyball um, and we've been good in our conference and we want to make a jump nationally. You know, we want to be in the top 30 year in and year out. We want to try to make a run to the Sweet 16. And so uh, we're trying to keep training and working hard to get there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talked about all the assistant, you know, coaches, coaching jobs that you had. Was there anything specifically that you learned from being an assistant that translated you to being a head coach? Uh, you know, that was that was one of the reasons I stayed at Texas State for so long with Coach Chisholm is um, she allowed me to do everything. Tr Tracy and I got to have our hands in everything. We learned everything about the programs, the ins and outs. There was nothing that she held back from us. And I think that has really helped me uh, take over as the head coaching uh, position. Yeah. And so what would you say is like the best piece of advice Coach Chisholm gave to you whenever you did take over the program? And how has that kind of stayed with you through the years? Don't screw it up. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no you know, that, that's that's been probably the uh, gosh, I kind of got emotional there for a second because she's probably been my biggest fan and she knew I was ready for this next phase and she knew um, you know when it was coming to the end of her career we talked a lot um, and and some of the things that we know this program can get to and so she she you know she was with us in Tennessee this weekend she comes to all of our home matches she pops into practice when when she wants and and she will have her come talk to the team and just talk about you know the one really cool thing about Texas State Volleyball is like even with this group, we've been talking a lot like Texas State Volleyball has been really good for a really long time. And mm -hmm. our job is to keep that there and take it to the next level. And so uh, she's been so instrumental in that and and being a sounding sounding board for me when I need to complain about things and talk about things and then being my biggest fan. So it's been really awesome. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> she said that I, and I got emotional for a second. I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to do that yet. <laughs> uh, well, your guys' team mantra this season has been leave no doubt. I keep hearing leave no doubt. Why did y'all pick that for this season? You know, and that, that's a little bit, like I said, um, we we are young in a way, but we do have a lot of kids that were in our program last year. Uh, with some of that COVID stuff, we were able to recruit a 22 class um, that our freshmen last year, if the Emily DeWaltz, the Janelle, Lauren Teske, Joe Slaughter, if they would not have taken their COVID year, a lot of those kids could have played um, mm -hmm. and they could have started for us. And so um, they they got to learn from that class, which was really cool. And then when we sat down to talk about some of our goals uh, and we talked about how we, we don't want our, our motto to change. Like we, we've won our division for the last six years. We've won or been in the finals the last six years. We didn't want to be, we don't want to be the team that's the first one not to do that, you know? And so 
when we started talking all about all that, they they naturally were like, you know what, everyone in the Sun Belt is going to kind of doubt us. Like, we lost six starters. We lost nine seniors. Like, people are going to overlook us. They don't think Texas State Volleyball is going to be where we've been. And so they started talking about they wanted to leave no doubt, you know. And then the group that was with us last fall, um, we, you know, we all sat around in the president's uh, house uh, when we had selection <laughs> Sunday, and we thought we had a really good shot to get an at-large bid, and we were the first team out. And, you know, we talked a lot about that, like why. Well, you know, we had a bad loss to Alabama. We had, you know, we could have beaten this team here. And so – that motto kind of went into that as well. We want to leave no doubt. If we want to get in the NCAA tournament, we have to have some big wins early, or we need to win the Sun Belt tournament. Like we want to leave no doubt. So it kind of goes both ways with with our motto, and it, it really fits this team. Yeah, I would like to ask, what are you trying to accomplish this season within your conference and within the Sun Belt conference and out of the Sun Belt conference? And what matchup would you say you're the most excited for? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. You know, like I said, we, we, where we're at, where our volleyball program is, we, we want to compete for a championship every year, you know, finishing second the last couple of years has, has left a bitter taste in our mouth. And we mm-hmm. think we have, have a group that is hungry to get back to the championship game, but also win it. You know, Jackie and Ryan have talked a lot about it sucks. The bus ride home is, is no fun when you don't win, you know? And so with this group, we've talked a lot about, not just getting to the finals, but winning, you know, but with that, you know, we did lose, we lost six starters. And so kind of finding our identity here early and, and who we're going to be as a team, that's what this preseason is about. And it's been really fun with this group. Um, but we also know the Sunbelt got a lot better. Uh, you have teams like JMU, South Alabama, who didn't really lose anyone. And they were kind of up there at the top with us. Louisiana, Southern Miss, Troy lose a couple players, but they return a lot. And so our side of the West Division is really, really strong. I mean, Rice, uh, Louisiana beat Rice 3-0 at Rice last night. Um, That's a huge win for our conference. Um, So that's really good. But our division and our side is going to be really tough. And so uh, we are just – we try to put a schedule together for this younger team to kind of get us ready for that. And so we're we're anxious. I don't know if I'm – more excited for any of them than I am others, but uh, I am excited to get into conference and and see where we where we stand with everyone. Well, before you get into Sunbelt Conference, you do have a couple of tournaments. Obviously, your first tournament will be at home uh, in the Texas State Invitational. You guys will be taking on North Texas tomorrow, and then obviously you guys are playing a tough number 13 ranked team in the Houston Cougars. So obviously you guys have a lot of things building up to you guys playing in the Sunbelt Conference. So what is it going to take for you guys to, you know, knock off these you know tough powerhouse teams like North Texas and like Houston to possibly get far and possibly get to the Sunbelt Conference Championship. Yeah, you know, we're our our motto with the the leave no doubt is just keep getting better every day and I think you saw that um we've seen that during preseason, we've seen that during some of our matches um with the exception of Tennessee. now again, Tennessee is a top 25, they're an NCAA tournament team and so there were times I thought we looked really good versus them, and then there are times that we could have competed a little harder. Um, but I was really impressed with how we we played Marist and UT Martin. Uh, both of those teams are going to uh, compete to win their conference, and so they're going to win a lot of matches. So that really helps us. But 
the, we put matches um, on our schedule to get us ready for what we want to. We, we talk a lot in our gym about we don't have to be ready to win the Sunbelt Conference Championship today. We need to be playing our best by November. And so putting some tough opponents on our schedule, get us ready for that. You know, they, we learned a lot from that loss at Tennessee. We went back and watched film and could see some things that they could pick apart, some things that we um, can get better at, I thought. The two skills that are probably the most basic, we were not great at last weekend, serve and pass. And so we've harped a lot on that. If we want to make this jump, uh, make a run to the Sweet 16, our our serving and passing and defense have to be high level. And so we put a lot of focus in that for this week. You know, kind of going back to losing six starters, I think everyone was kind of wondering how this season would look without them. But I mean, K.J. Johnson was just named... (laughs) Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Week. So how does that feel like already having a player get that recognition and the season's just getting started? Yeah, you know, that, that's that been the fun part for us because I honestly was kind of shocked with where the coaches picked us. Um, I think it's a good uh, indication of how people think about our program, which is awesome, um, but uh, maybe a little added pressure, if you will. But yeah, we knew we have we had a really good freshman class last year ready to go getting a grad transfer like KJ who comes in and provides instant offense. Um, It is really, she does things and leads in a way that is really, really fun to watch. She, she can connect. Um, She's been really good with connecting with our young kids and kind of teach them. They call her the grandma. That's kind of the joke because (laughs) she's the oldest one on the team, but she, she leads in a way that, people want to follow her. Um, and again, she's a very high level player. She's played in the final four. She's been an all American for two years. And so she's really providing a lot for our team. Yeah. And my final question to you, coach Hewitt is that, you know, is there like a specific like ritual that you guys go through to prepare for, you know, big games like this, or is it kind of just like everybody's in their own, their own world and trying to focus, like try to focus, like, is there like specific ritual that y'all go through? You know, we, we treat every match the same. We talk a lot about, um, I don't care what the jersey on the other side says. We want to play Texas State Volleyball, and so we prepare for everyone the same. You know, we'll watch film. Uh, we watched a little bit of film yesterday on North Texas. We'll come back this afternoon and watch more film and really focus on North Texas uh, and take it one match at a time. Um, but, but we prepare for everyone pretty much so the same way. Well, awesome. Well, that is all the time we have for you today. Coach, we thank you so much for joining us here this morning and good luck to you guys in the Texas State Invitational Tournament. Thank you all. Thank you all for all you do. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. So that was head coach Sean Hewitt for the Texas State Bobcats volleyball team. And like we talked about earlier, they will be taking on North Texas in the first game of the Texas State Invitational Tournament against North Texas. It is show them out day. So obviously it is going to be a fun filled atmosphere as the Bobcat fans are going to be showing out in straight hand arena. That game will be at 630. You can catch that on, on KTSW 899 with our very own Joey Gonzalez and Karis Slay on the call for that. But now we're going to zoom out of the Hayes County area, zoom out of Texas State, and we're going to get into some national sports. And we have been talking about the MOB literally for the past few episodes, and it's just so much drama right now. But we're going to start in the, the, in a, the, excuse me, the American League West. It is unbelievable drama going on. The Mariners are now sitting number one in the division right now. Right behind them is the Texas Rangers, and right behind them is the Houston Astros. So... Man, we we are in for a wild ride in the American League West right now. And I just want to kind of throw it to you guys because I know we have I know Presley, you're a Rangers fan in here. Karis, you're an Astros fan in here. So I mean, where 
where does this division go? Because honestly, we, I mean, we kind of been you know, kind of smack talking, you know, against or against among amongst the staff <laughs> about who's going to win a division. So, I mean, we got two. We got a Rangers fan and Astros fan. So, I mean. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> I think all Rangers and Astros fans can all agree on one thing, and is that that is that the Mariners lose. You know, <laughs> like you, we're all hoping, but man, this it's crazy. And I think if you were to look back last year, you would not think that the AOS would look like this. You know, I feel like this is the only division that they're only like half a game in between. Everyone else, there's quite a few games, and it's just like it's crazy. And you know. I'm looking at the Mariners' schedule for September. The 22nd through the 24th, they play the Rangers, and then they go to Houston, or they go, Houston comes to the Mariners, and then the Rangers come to the Mariners. So that week <laughs> is going to be up and down. Everyone's going to have a chance at first place in one day. Then you're going back to third. It's just going to be and up and I'm a little stressed out about it. I wish, <laughs> I was telling my parents, like, I wish this was going on in a different like division that way it'd be fun to watch and not stressful but man it's just all three teams are just fighting for their lives right now and you know I know the Rangers and the Astros like last week was probably the worst week that they both played have all season and so it's just like now that it's so close they're just going at it and oh my gosh it is it's fun to watch but it's also like okay could somebody just get a whole game ahead please like it's crazy yeah I would have to say I am a true Astros fan at heart, but when it comes down to it, I just want a Texas team in true. in the competition. I, I think. don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you pick the Mariners? Yeah, I would pick the Mariners over the Rangers what? any day of the week. I'm sorry, it's a Cinderella team. Come on. Yeah, but and? <laughs> um, at this point, if the Astros want to be in the World Series, they really have to win this division they are not even like qualifying close to wild cards um and also michael brantley came back, back um after being gone since june tw 2022 with a, so a shoulder surgery and he's our designated hitter our outfielder i'm really excited to see him come Ooh. back and play um how do you feel about that Kobe? i mean i'm probably more happier than i've ever been because like i'm not gonna lie brantley is one of those guys who has been around the league for a long time and knows how to get it done. But I mean, the, the amount the, I think that's going to help Houston a little bit. Cause obviously now I, I don't mean to brag, but I mean, Jose Altuve cycle. I mean, <laughs> that was unbelievable. You know, speaking from an Astros fan, that was awesome. That was the first uh, Astros player to hit for the cycle in, in over 10 years, which is quite a while. So, yeah. I mean, what more can I say? And having Brantley back, you know, I think this is where the starting point for the Astros is. Obviously, you know, we've been talking about how their bullpen's been kind of been questioning this season. And obviously, you know, the Rangers have been kind of in a slump. I hate to say that, Preston. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're on a two-game win streak. All right. We okay. back, baby. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm like complete opposite of y'all as a Giants fan, you know. <laughs> yeah. Second, wow. We're second place in NL West, but we're still 13 and a half games back. Kind of close to the Diamondbacks, but... You watched the game last night, Kobe, right? Yeah. I just want to give Alex Cobb some credit. Almost yeah. threw a no-hitter. So close. Two outs in the ninth inning. I was so sad. Yeah, I watched that game. I watched, like, the hat, like the second half of the Giants and Reds game. And I'm not going to lie, the Reds are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. And, honestly, Cobb almost threw a no-no no against them. So, I mean, I got to – but I got to give – 
the man is props. He did an unbelievable, unbelievable job. Unfortunately, just he was just one out away. He could not get it. I was, I felt so bad. Honestly, the first person I thought of was you because I bet (laughs) you were just dreading every pitch, every out. And I'm like, oh my god, Taylor's probably going through a lot right now. (laughs) So I was like, "Eh, I'll leave her alone. I'll probably message her after the game and be like, you know, I feel, you know, I hope you're doing okay. Make sure you are. You were close, but I mean, uh, but but we have just about maybe about a minute, but I just want to kind of touch on about the Yankees real quick and the fact that they are sitting last in their division. I mean, they have been having an up and down season. I mean, we've been talking about injuries, uh, a lot of people being ejected for illegal substance for pitchers. You know, obviously, you know, there was one no hitter out of that out of the whole season. But I mean, it has not been really a great season for them. And, you know, is there problems maybe with, you know, just the organization or maybe because the players getting hurt like what what is going on with the Yankees man I mean it's just like one of those things that you have a great season and then you just flop almost and it's like <laughs> what you're like you're saying what changes in that and you know I honestly I don't have that answer it might be the organization itself in the front office but also it's like the players aren't producing as well either and so the Yankees, it was, I think everyone's a little shocked about how their season was going. You know, at first it was kind of like, oh, it's okay, it's the start of the season. But now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, we're wrapping. Like, we're getting ready to wrap up in two months. Like, exactly. Yankees are just, man, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't want to say it's sad. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's sad. You it's know. Oh, it's like, sad. But it's just like, I kind of feel for them just because <laughs> you have a great season and then you don't. And it's just kind of like, how do you stay involved? How does the community stay involved, you know? So it's just, I don't really know what's going on in that organization right now, but maybe they'll have that off season to think about it and have a little bit of extra time not being in the playoffs to kind of reflect and see what needs to be changed. Maybe they'll make changes. Who knows? Injuries have definitely affected this team, but still, even with Judge back, he's not producing like how I'd like to see him. I think they just need to work on their day-to-day form because do they want to be known as like the worst Yankees team since what, the 90s? I'd say yes. I mean, They're acting like it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for this edition of Bobcat Radio. But before we get out of here, let's go ahead and throw it to Karis for our weather reporting. And the sun is still out, unfortunately. Yes, but I think we're coming out of the triple digits and coming into the doubles. So <laughs> it is 90 degrees outside. It is sunny. Um, the low is 69. That is not going to happen today, unfortunately. Um <laughs> But the high is 97. And then tomorrow, the low is 71 and the high is 100. I Oof. don't think it will reach 100. I think we're entering the fall season at this point. I hope so. So I'm ready for sweaters and a hot cup of chocolate, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big coffee person, but. I'm not either. Um, <laughs> we yeah. Can, we can go on a spill of that, but that will take us way yeah. too long. But <laughs> it's supposed to be sunny all week. So, well, good weather for some uh, from football. I know we will be digging into that in our next BCR episode this coming Friday. But that is going to be all the time we have for today. If you like this episode, please sure to follow us on KTSW Sports at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you find KTSW Sports for Karis Lay and for my lovely co-host, Presley Davis and Taylor Quinn. I'm Kobe Jackson. Thank you for listening to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy all the Texas State festivities. And now let's get you back to the other side of radio.